Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station on this very fatigued yet happy Friday morning. Opening night, they lied. They said the game was going to start at 838. I'm like, are y'all ever going to throw a pitch? And I understand. I've been to many opening days, and they do all this pomp and circumstance and all this ceremony, and they announce everybody and the trainers, and they announce players that aren't even. seem like they announce everybody on the 40-man roster. But anyway, the game didn't start till probably 9.05. Like, why, why, don't say not 8.38 if the game's going to start at 9.05. But the beauty of it is the Astros won um, since the since opening day 2017. The Astros have the most wins of any team in Major League Baseball. Uh, they also have the most road wins of any team in Major League Baseball, which goes to show you the silliness of the whole trash can thing. It was just absolute silliness, stupidity. Um, and they now won 10 in a row on opening day. Just strange. Like, the Boston Bean Eaters owns the, uh, own the all-time record. And they did it ending in 1896. 1896. Who was it like? Maybe William McKinley was president in 1896? That was a long time ago. Just guessing. He was killed. He was murdered, I want to say, in Buffalo right around that time. So he might have been president in 1896. Or I should say assassinated. Somehow it's someone famous, then it becomes not a murder. It's an assassination. Hannah's looking at me weird. Who was president in 1896? I, my guess is William McKinley. I'm not even thinking about you talking about the president and being wrong or right about it. <sighs> okay. I'm talking about someone being assassinated. On this happy day of Astros, yes, no, it was, it um, was, it was a, it was a, it's a great, 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 great victory. Uh, all victories are great. Last night's was really great for a lot of reasons, and the number one reason is, and I'm hoping, you know, my biggest key to the season. I said yesterday when we had Patrick on, um, is Alex Bregman's got to be Alex Bregman. And he looked like Alex Bregman yesterday for the first time in three seasons. You know, the two COVID years, he was not good. And he, um, injuries had a lot to do with it, no question. But you still start to wonder. 
You know, Altuve had one really bad season, but that was just one in the COVID year. The COVID year was a disaster for him. But he at least did something in the play, in the postseason that year. Bregman didn't do anything in the regular season or the postseason the last two seasons. So I was starting to get a little worried. And it's just one game, and, you know, he could get hurt tomorrow, and it could be the third straight year of nothing. But, man, he looked good last night. Made some great defensive. Now, look, he's not fast. I mean, we knew that going in. He, he is a horrendous base runner. Horrendous. But I'm willing to live with all that. He he, And he's not going to run fast to first base. He, You know, he got beat on a couple bang bang. I, I, I got no – I'm not even worried about that. I need him to play good third base, which he has not played to his level the last couple of years. And I need him – to get clutch hits, and he did that twice last night. Uh, so I'm very, you know, the most exciting part of last night was Alex Bregman looking like Alex Bregman. Plus, last night reminded me, I don't know, um, got to make sure Hannah Hannah knows this. And and a reminder to all of all of y'all, the, the question of the day, you know, from last night, when it happened, I'm like, you know, I don't know that, a lot of people know this, the answer to this question. And the question is, what do big dogs do? El Pero Grande hits a home run to center field. You know, I, saw, I heard a replay. Um, Shohei Otani hit a ball that didn't even get to the warning track. And the MLB announcer made it, you know, MLB Network announcer made it seem like he hit the ball 800 feet. Got all excited for a fly out, didn't even get to the warning track. Well, El Pedro Grande hit the ball way over the center field fence. Something tells me he didn't get quite that excited. And the answer to the question is they hunt. What do big dogs do? They hunt. And he hunted last night. So, um, he played left field, had one ball get by him. Uh, it, it was a, um, it, it was something they did a lot last season when Framber pitches, Framber Valdez. We need to come up with a good nickname, by the way. I just think stud. I think Framber Valdez is just a stud. I mean, I, you know, he didn't do all this pitch count, silly. I mean, he was on a pitch count because normally he would have went at least eight innings last. He was I mean, they had a the, the the home plate umpire had a very tight strike zone, and I was thinking, uh oh, he's in trouble because he didn't throw many strikes in the first inning, and after that, he pitched unbelievable. I mean, they were most of the hits that the Angels got were little bitty silly hits, little dinking stuff, swinging bunt singles, basically. Um, so no, I was it was tremendous. That part was great seeing Framer Valdez. Pitch great. It was great to see Alex Bregman look like Alex Bregman. It was um, great to see El Pedro Grande go deep. Um, it looked like Yuli was going to go deep, but the ball went off the wall. Uh, so a lo- 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 lot of good things. Jeremy Pena, he did make an error, but for the most part, he looked. you could see that he can be a good defensive player. And look, he looked bad at the plate. I mean... You know, um, the MVP, I thought, looked good pitching. Um, 
and he obviously did not. Now, he did hit a home run just foul off a relief pitcher. The um, the Angels' bullpen looks about like the Angel bullpen always looked last night. <laughs> they got good numbers, but I don't know. But, you know, Hector Neris, first time ever pitching for the Astros, came in. You know, I, I don't... I wouldn't say Hector Neris. He's been if and above average relief pitcher in his career with the Phillies, just slightly above average. I didn't know what to think about the acquisition of Hector Neris, but because I've had him on my fantasy team before, he get he gets lit on occasion. But again, Philly's a popcorn park. A lot of pitchers. There's a pretty long history now of pitchers coming to the Astros, and they get better. And um, I'm hoping, you know, Hector Neris came into a, a situation where looked like the Astros were cruise control, and they kind of, you know, Pedro kind of, he, he got too aggressive on a ball. He don't need to be laying out for balls with a three-run lead in an out. I mean, just field it on the bounce, and, and you know, he'll, he'll, he'll learn from that. He made this great, catch running in foul territory the last week of spring training I don't remember which day some day last week and or over the weekend and maybe he just got it in his mind that you know he's Barry Bonds or something making diving catches and no he needs to just be a DH playing left field feel the ball off the bounce and throw it to the cutoff man and 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 hunt when you um when you're at the plate that's what he needs to do but anyway um, Neres came in to face Shohei Otani. He was the, the, the potential tying run. They had cut it to three to one. There was a runner on on um, on third base, and Otani hit a fly ball to right with two outs to end the threat. And so that was um, and, and the first two pitches he threw were balls. So he was down in the count two zero. At that point, things were looking a little tenuous. But he, but he came right at him and, and got him out. Got a couple foul balls and then um, got a fly ball to right, lazy fly ball to right field. So it was, um, it was great. I mean, other than the game finished after midnight, and I was, if the Astros had not been playing, I've, I, at about 9.25, I was ready to go to bed. I was ready. My eyes, I was struggling. And uh, we got to like the third inning. I'm like, somebody needs to. The Astros need to score a run here because I need a. Um, I need to wake up, and, and it worked. The minute they scored a run, I was like, all right. Big clutch, two out single to left by Bregman. That got that that woke me up for sure. All right, so we'll do this. We'll take a timeout. Got a special treat today in the ten o'clock hour. UL track and field coaches Tommy Battle and Lon Batto. We're going to be here, and we're going to talk a little bit about UL track and probably talk a lot about the Saints and the draft and probably ask them some what in the world's going on with college athletics questions. <laughs> what, in the, what in the world is going on? But anyway, uh, we've done it before. We always enjoy chit-chat with them. Great guys, and uh, looking forward. They're going to be here for the 10 o'clock hour, so looking forward to to talking to them and we'll be um you know when we come back we will review some what's going to be going on this weekend including 
the Cajun football spring game, and we'll address that issue after this timeout. We'll be back on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Call in and say Pete Rose deserves to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. You can call and proclaim that the Houston Astros were the only team that stole signs. Just know this. Foot will disagree with you. Call into Footnotes with Kevin Foot at 337-706-0111. Back to more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. As always, you can watch us simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline 706 0111. You'll be able to take, we'll be taking phone calls even when. Bado and Badon are in. We will uh, be taking phone calls. Want to remind you, Festival International is coming up. And if you would like to experience Festival International like never before, you need to go to the website, join the Rewards Club, and you might win a pair of Festival International passes that will provide you with exclusive access to front row and stage areas, shaded seating, air-conditioned restrooms, express drink lines, shirts, pins, posters, all kind of great stuff. So this is the way to do Festival International, so the, you need to go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Sign up for the Rewards Club, and you might win free passes to Festival International. All right, so we've got, um, we survived the opening day. Great victory. Man, it would have been rough if they had won. Man, it was, it's so good that they, that they won. And I, I don't know how I'm going to do this for two weeks. I really don't know. When I, I was sitting there, as I said, in the second inning last night saying, I am really tired, really ready to go to bed. And I'm like, how am I going to do this for a week and a half? I hate being, um, you know, in a Western Division team. And uh, it's, 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 uh, grew up doing it. And then for a while, I had a little bit of a reprieve. Well, it's time. It's time to go back. Anyway, but uh, victories just make it all worthwhile when you get great victories. The game hotline 706 0111. 706 0111. Cajun spring game tomorrow at 11 a.m. Again, it will be some practice, some game. Uh, The number one priority is health. And it's not our entertainment. You got to get that going in. Um, Now, we'll we'll be able to see the quarterbacks throw the ball and we'll be able to make all kind of, get all kind of first impressions. 
on what this quarterback looks like and that quarterback or or this running back. So what are the things that we may be sure that I'm going to be most looking at with the most intent, most curiosity for tomorrow's spring football game at Cajun Field. Again, it starts at 11 a.m. Um, I would say number one on my list, I guess I need to say quarterback. We've seen Chandler Fields throw the ball before he's come into game, so I'm more interested in – well, I want to see him too, but I'm more interested in seeing uh, Ben Woolridge. I, I'm not – I don't – you know, if I've seen him throw a ball, it was like in pregame means nothing. So I'm just, um, I'm anxious to see what he looks like, how he moves. Uh, I don't know that they're going to do anything with Lance, but, um, you know, he he's Lance Lejeune probably has a pretty good chance of making the fans doing some oohing and ah, and if he does anything, it, you know, as, as, as athletic as they say he is. But the person, I, I, I would really say the number one thing I'm looking for, the number one player I'm anxious to see is run, running back Draylon Washington. Going back to not this past December, the previous December, on early signing day, Coach Napier raved more about Draylon Washington than any other of the, of the players, young players on that signing class. Draylon Washington is going to have to play a pretty big role at running back, um, especially tomorrow, I mean, for the spring game. Because remember, Chris Smith, your most experienced running back and an all-around cool dude, is um, is not he's out all spring and trying to get him healthy. Kendrell Williams suffered an injury in the spring, and not only is he going to miss the whole spring, but missed the entire fall, which is a huge punch in the gut. We were looking forward to seeing him play this year. That's not going to happen. Uh, and so a lot more will be falling on Draylon Washington, and he's short and stocky and strong and fast. And, um, you know, he, he could be – he's going to be a fan favorite, I think, for, real quick for a lot of Cajun fans. And so I, I, if of all the athletes, all the players on the team, I'm most anxious to watch just to see how he looks and, you know, yesterday, I mean, tomorrow on the field. Draylon Washington, I would say, is number one on that list. Number one. All right. Let's go to the game hotline and talk to James. Hello. Footsie. Howdy, sir. <laughs> Footsie, thankfully for Hannah, you're in a good mood today. The Astros won. I mean – I don't think Hannah really realizes, like, if they go into, like, a, on a losing streak. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I don't think she realizes what she's in for. And I'm talking about 162 games. We ain't talking about, like, 17. Yes. And uh, pro football. We're talking about 162. But anyway, Footsie, the reason why I called earlier this week, I called about, you know, how you say, when you know, when you're in pro, pro baseball, you catch the ball. Right. You know, that that's what you do. Well, and then we talked about the college team needing to catch the ball. So yesterday I heard that their coach on the radio, they spent two – now this is, a, this is one of the top – so say, according to the polls, this is one of the top 25 teams in America. Okay. One of the top 25 teams in America. 
they spent two and one half hours working on catching the ball, getting their butt down, watching the ball into their glove, making a routine play. These are college athletes. The coach said they were so exhausted after the uh, after working out that the bus ride to Mississippi State was very quiet. Can you imagine all this? It is. It is a little peculiar. It seems I mean, like the fall was is it was the time to do that. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was saying. What, <laughs> what did they do in the fall? I mean, you you would think that you know if you're good enough to be on a college team especially one that's in the top 25, you'd be able to catch the ball. But they spent two and one-half hours catching the ball, and then they were so exhausted after practicing, <laughs> they just slept on the way, the way to Mississippi State. I mean, this is it's mind-boggling to me. But you know what? Totally. Kudos for at least doing it. Like, I've, I really believe that there are softball and baseball programs all over this country who run a, a, who run it more like a um, like a travel ball team where they they're more worried about the hitting and yeah the pitching but they don't work on defense that much so even though it might you might we might say it's a little too late or it's at least they they are full out addressing a major issue now it's probably a little too late but but maybe it's not I mean it's you know they're gonna get into original so it's really not too late you got to address it I don't think there's enough work on flat out defense in college baseball and softball anymore no oh no 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 he's addressing it he's he said he's gonna keep addressing it till to the end of the season no no he's trying the best he can but I did it's it just so perplexing then like one of my friends up here at work, you know, he has an 11-year-old son that travel ball model. So, they, you know, they do their travel ball. Then the man pays for him to have lessons to learn baseball. Now, think about that. 11 years old, he has to pay for him to be on the travel ball team. Then he pays for him to have lessons to learn how to play baseball. Now, you think about that. I don't know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know what Tony Robichaux would say about all that issue. Man, when when all of this went went on yesterday, I, 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 that's exactly who I thought about. I was just like, "What would poor Coach Robe think about this now?" <laughs> oh well. well, oh well. Well, I'm happy for Hannah. I'm I'm happy for Hannah. The Astros won. Yes. When I wake up in the morning, that's the first thing I do. I check that Astros score. So, so you didn't you didn't make it to the end last night. Well, I, 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 it's not on my. I have Cox. Oh, so I, I got you. And no, I, I'm never making it to the end of a ball game. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just when I wake up, I check the score so I know what kind of mood you'll be in. That right, day. that is correct. All right, you know, but that is the first thing I do. So <laughs> well, you know, I appreciate it. Okay. All right. Put I need all the moral support I can get when I'm, I'm oh, an no, old, no, no. tired, I, fat I man. I'm there for moral support. Yeah. All right. But I ain't staying up all night watching. No. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, man. No, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be. But, no, seriously, I, I think it's a serious problem in college baseball and softball for a lot of people. I, I just – I don't think – I think defense has taken too much of a backseat on too many teams. And – um. It, it it's critically important, critically important, because 
it really directly impacts the pitcher. Like, you know, you got to be able to field. And what really drives me crazy is pitchers that can't field their positions. You know, we talk about great pitchers and, and people talk about Greg Maddox and guys like that. One of the, if you field your position, I mean, as a pitcher who fills his position, probably one or two hits. Like, say you make two starts in a seven-day period. If you give up four fewer hits over, you know, say, 13, 14 innings, because you field your position, think about what that does for opponent's batting average. Think about what that does for... Uh, how many two-out got, you know, you catch the ball instead of giving up a two-out, two-run single. It just, it makes a world of difference. Got to field your position. No question. And, um, no, I think defense is, is definitely undervalued. In fact, I talked about that either earlier this week or last week. It's one of the most misunderstood things about all the ignorance all the ignorant comments we've heard about the Astros over the last three or four years. And the, the one of the biggest reasons why the Astros have more wins than any team in Major League Baseball since the beginning of, 19, of 2017 and the most road wins of any team in Major League Baseball since opening day 2017 is because they play great defense. Now, I'm a little worried that this year's team is not as good defensively as it needs to be. But um, they played good. I mean, other than the play Pedro made last night in left, and he's not going to be the everyday left fielder. Um, They... They play pretty good defense, and it's it's so, so important. All right, so um, we'll talk a little bit more about Cajun football, but 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 really, for me, Draylon Washington, um, Tyree Skipper, safety that there a lot of people are raving about. I want to see him, see, you know, what he looks like at safety. Uh, guys like Jasper Williams, a lot of speed at linebacker. Uh, want to look, want to, want to, want to see that, and and then obviously see what the quarterbacks look like as well. But I, I would say Draylon Washington for me is the number one guy that I'm most anxious to see what he plays, how he moves, just how does he look on the field in tomorrow's spring game, and we'll obviously have impressions from whatever we see uh, come Monday morning. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back. Continue to get us ready for this weekend. Next, after this time out on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We're going to have two guys, I'm sure, that are very familiar with the Steely Dan song, Ricky Don't Lose That Number. They may have even had the 45 like I did growing up. We'll see. Maybe maybe we can ask them. But uh, UL track and field coaches Alon Batto and Tommy Batto will be with us in the second hour, 10 o'clock hour, and I'm very much looking forward to discussing all kind of things with them. It's um, We'll talk some track and field, but we'll be talking Saints and all kind of other stuff. Who knows where the conversation will go? We'll have lots of fun. At least I will for sure. The game hotline is 706-0111. Um, LSU is playing at Mississippi State. The SEC West, it's still kind of taking shape in baseball. Essentially what you have is a five-way tie for fourth place. It's kind of strange. Um, Arkansas is in first place. Uh, yeah, that's a team that Caden should have beat, but they, the bullpen didn't do a good enough job. But essentially, uh, you know, I know, I understand that Mississippi State's a defending national champion, but they're having a full-fledged medicine season. Now, look, medicine seasons are a professional sports thing. I remind myself and y'all that fairly often. But some of the rudiments, I love that word, rudiments, of the um, – of what goes behind a uh, medicine season, some of the reasons, some of the elements that make up or comprise a medicine season can certainly apply to college sports. Uh, there's no question Mississippi State's having a full-fledged medicine season. That doesn't mean they're bad. doesn't mean they're not going to make a regional. It just means, you know, they're going to take a step back. I mean, that's like guaranteed. And... um they're not as good as they were last year. They just aren't. But uh, they're eighteen and twelve and four and five. LSU's twenty and nine and four and five. And um, I would not be surprised if LSU wins two out of three in this series. I I don't I don't know that Mississippi State's playing at that high of a level this season. And so I do think that it's possible LSU will take two out of three. We'll see. Again, as they say, that's 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 why. They play the game. The Cajuns are going to Jonesboro. Well, they're already there. They they left and went from Ruston to Jonesboro. Uh, they didn't come back to Lafayette and then go all the way to Jonesboro. So um, they need to sweep. I mean, it, it, it's it's just, is it a guarantee that they're going to sweep? No, it's baseball. No guarantees in baseball. This isn't football or a lot of college. I mean, this is... This is baseball. Anything can happen. I mean, you could hit 10 line drives at, you know, 100 miles an hour right at someone uh, with runners in scoring position and just absolutely crush the ball and make an out. I mean, that's baseball. But but Arkansas State's not good. I mean, I, I'd have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure they're now 5-21. and 21. They're 0-9 in Sunbelt play. They have eight stolen bases on the season. That amazes me. Now, again, I, a lot of people, especially like at the major league level, they don't steal a lot of bases. A lot of station to station playing for the three-run homer. But in college baseball, you normally run a little bit. 
They have eight stolen bases on the season. That amazes me. But anyway, their 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 team ERA is like in the sixes. I mean, they're not good. Doesn't guarantee the Cajuns are going, but the Cajuns need a sweep. You know, the Cajuns shoulda, woulda, coulda swept Georgia Southern. They shoulda, woulda, coulda swept South Alabama. And so they that because they didn't, that means they need to sweep Arkansas State. They really, really do, and they should. But we'll see what happens uh, in, in in Jonesboro. Cajun softball, as we talked about earlier this week, they're hosting. They had a agonizing, frustrating loss on Wednesday in 13 innings against McNeese, and they will be playing. Uh, a really good Troy team. Cajuns are in second place. Sole possession is second place in the Sun Belt softball race. But the team that's in third place, just one game behind them, is Troy. And they're going to be in town this weekend. So it's a huge, huge um, weekend series. And they have one of the best pitchers in the Sun Belt Conference. So that will make it even more interesting. Um, Kind of looking at the major league, by the way, uh, interesting. I know there's a lot of Yankee fans out there, a lot of LSU baseball fans that listen, no question there. And I saw something that was interesting. From a fantasy baseball perspective, I didn't really know what to think of DJ LeMahieu this year because he's kind of like he could play first, could play second, not really short, but I guess in a pinch he could, and, and, and play third first, second, or third pretty regularly, or DH. Um, and so I didn't really I didn't really know what to do with him from a fantasy perspective because he doesn't really have a position. Well, I saw that for opening day today when the Yankees open up against the Red Sox, Glaber Torres is on the bench and DJ LeMay uses at second base which is where we ended up drafting him in our league. So apparently we guessed right, right correctly there. Um, and so, again, just something that kind of interesting. I, I don't know that there was any kind of an injury situation there, but uh, Glaber Torres, a guy that the Yankees acquired in a trade, what would that have been? Whatever trade that was with the Cubs. Um he looked like he was going to be a star, and he has not done very much since that very first early burst. That first year was like, whoa, this guy's going to be great. And he, he hasn't been. And so just something to keep an eye on. I mean, I don't think, I don't think DJ LeMayhew, because of his versatility, is going to play in the same position for a long, long period of time. He's going to kind of be a little bit over, overall. But normally on opening day, your lineup's pretty telling. You know, if this was any other game during the year, I wouldn't even, it wouldn't register with me at all. But normally, unless there's an injury situation, your lineup on opening day kind of says what you're thinking at that particular point. I mean, you don't give a guy a day off on opening day. Uh, And so, hmm, something to see. Speaking of opening day, yesterday the Royals beat the the Royals beat the Guardians. I got to get used to saying that. And Bobby Wood Jr. shows how old I am. I remember 
watching his dad play college baseball <laughs> a long time ago, way before Hannah was born. Um, but Bobby Witt Jr. Got, it was freezing cold apparently yesterday in Kansas City and got a clutch two out single to left. I think it was two outs. Um, a clutch RBI single to left to break a 1-1 tie in the eighth. Andrew Benintendi got a follow with an RBI single to center, and, and the Royals got the win. But, I mean, you know, that's storybook kind of stuff. They've been talking about Bobby Wood Jr., Bobby Wood Jr., and how, the great player that he's going to be. And, you know, when your, your major league debut and you get the game-winning RBI single and then score a run. Uh, so, I mean, I don't have anything against the Royals other than, man, the Astros struggled with them last year. But, no, it was good to see him him do well. And, and, and old Grinky Dinky Dong was a starting pitcher in that game, only gave up one run. And that's another guy that can really feel this position, and that's that's helped keep him certainly in the major leagues as as long as it has how well – how good of a defensive player he is. And then they have this ex-Astro, Seth Beer. I mean, again, some names just sound made up. The cat's name is Seth Beer. And uh, the Astros, I don't remember what trade that was. Was that Grinky? Anyway, um... Seth Beer came up in the Astro organization. They traded him to the Diamondbacks. He got the game-winning walk-off hit last night. Seth Beer for the Diamondbacks. I don't know how many great games or victories the Diamondbacks are going to have this year, but they beat the Padres last night. Um, kind of a, a unique situation there with, with our with our friend Jeff Seth Beer. I, I don't know how good he's going to be. I, I never kind of worried about um, his long-term ceiling, but it doesn't matter because he's not with the Astros anymore, but just kind of a unique name. And so a little bit of opening day news there. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, what's going on, Kevin? Howdy, sir. Kevin, I got a question. Uh, with this wall, this new sports betting, I wish you would do like a like a Kevin's top three. Because I played last night. It was like a free play. I went, I think I lost like three out of four. I took the, I took the Astros, though. I wish, I was like, oh, I would take Kevin's advice on who to play. Which with, with, is so hard to bet on baseball. Oh, it is difficult. Now, you you talking about me picking a, a winner of like three or four games? Yes, that would be great. I'm, I'm, I'm an everyday listener. I would definitely take your advice. Well, I got to tell you, I, I I learned a long time ago. I, I you know the betting is a is a tough deal. I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a, a great better, but I, if I feel good about a matchup, I'll uh, I'll certainly try to do that. I'll try to keep that in mind. Thank you, sir. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep that in mind there to try to. If I feel good about a matchup, I'll let you know. Good deal, Kevin. All right. Thank you. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't really want to be the reason. Years ago, we used to do a lot of. Who do you think is going to win that game and, and this game? And I learned some, you know, sometimes you get on these runs and you can provide a service by picking the opposite team that 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 I picked uh, sometimes years ago. You get on you get on a slump like that. I'm sure Nick knows what I mean by that. But it's um, baseball is a tough sport. In fact, he just hit. You know, we I I've said for years. Um, 
in all through the 90s, when I first started doing sports talk radio, one of the things we argued about all the time is what sports better, baseball or football? And and I and I said for a long, the reason why football just really rose to popularity in this country is because baseball is not a betting sport. It's just not. Football is a much way more of a betting sport than than baseball is. Baseball to me is stuff to bet on. Uh, and, and and I don't even understand the lines for baseball. I, people have tried to explain it to me. I really don't get it. And I'm not going to bet anyway, so it doesn't matter whether I get it. But, but yeah, I can tell you I like this matchup. I think so-and-so is going to win. Typically go by starting pitching and all kind of things that go into it. All right, we'll, we'll take a timeout, come back. After this timeout, finish out the first hour of footnotes on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. How much does Foot despise the San Francisco 49ers? Well, you be the judge. I love turning 50 because I was no longer a 49. Back to Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. As we wrap up the first hour, looking forward to a very exciting 10 o'clock hour. I want to remind you about the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo. If you would like to get tickets to the Angola Prison Rodeo, scheduled April 23rd and 24th, um, you, so this is what you need to do. Text Angola to 68683. Text Angola, A-N-G-O-L-A, to 68683. You might win some free tickets to see the Angola Prison Rodeo. Again, April 23rd and 24th. All right. Uh, Hannah tried to explain this to me early this week, but it kind of went right over my head because I don't understand this stuff. The Astros play tonight on Apple+. Plus. Yes, is this this another streaming service? Like Apple there's Plus. Amazon Prime, there's Hulu, there's Netflix, there's Disney Plus, there's I don't know five million more. <sighs> when when I think of Apple, I'm listening for George Harrison's voice to sing like you know something. No, you have an Apple iPhone, but <laughs> <sighs> I'm in trouble tonight. I think it's I'm going to have to just listen to the uh, Astros on 98.5 FM. Yeah. Because I don't I don't know that I'm going to find and Apple And even have Plus. an app for that, too. For mobile app for a new stock. <laughs> I'm not going to find it. I Apple will, Plus. You know what? While we're doing your recording for your uh, spot, I will try to search it for you from your phone to help you out. Oh, you can set me up where all i got to do is uh-huh. hit a button? I can do that. There you go. You can hit a I'll button. I'll figure you out today. All right, that'll do it for the first hour. Hour number two coming up next. You don't want to miss it. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote.
On the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. We have two special guests, but it's okay. We'll take phone calls as well. We have with us UL head track coach Lon Batto and assistant track coach Tommy Batto. How are y'all gentlemen? <laughs> He's up. Look. You, you're not an Astro fan and stayed up till past midnight, huh? I'm not. I just pick it up when uh, I hear what they did listening to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mr. Battle, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I actually watched, uh, I think, about uh, 19 pitches last night. <laughs> <laughs> That's how many was in the top of the first. Yes. Well, you know, they said it was going to start at 8.38, and it didn't start till after 9, and I'm like, come on now. Uh, can we stop announcing names and let's um, – Let's play some baseball so I can get to bed at some point because I certainly needed to do that. All right, so there's lots of topics uh, we want to get to, but we'll start off with um, getting an update on where y'all are in your in your in your season right now. Um, how are things going? Uh, indoor went pretty well, I thought. Uh, we were third on the men's side and uh, fourth on the women's side. Uh, out of 12 teams. So, I mean, we went since Coach Ballons came here the last three, four years. Uh, we've been able to kind of raise that level to where we're a top three team. Now we're just trying to get over that hump. Uh, outdoors going okay. We've got a few little injuries that were just kind of drive us nuts from day to day. But uh, halfway through, we, we're definitely one of the better teams in the conference, that's for sure. All right. I was um, – we were talking last hour about – you know, uh, I'm sure y'all have these conversations all, all the time, the old school way of doing things and the new school way of doing things. And um, are y'all inflicted with the, what, what people talk about, the travel ball mentality? Does that is that a track thing as well or not? Are y'all are kind of outside of that world? Uh, it's a little bit, believe it or not, and this probably started 10 years ago. It started with mainly your pole vaulters. You know, all of these little clubs started popping up and – and now you got these these kids who think all they should do is pole vault, and you know they don't have to work out. You know, it's that, we're a little bit more old school. It's like you know, I want to get stronger faster, and you know, technically everything will come, but you get a little bit of I'm gonna call it entitlement. But kids that are, uh, yeah, I don't know, just let them pole vault. That's what my right my specialty. Yeah. So what's is but. Like there's there's the new there's the old school way of training and coaching and, and different sports, and what we were talking about in the first hour was baseball and softball. I think there's less work on defense, and it's all about hitting and 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 the long ball and all that. So is the, is the track is as old school as it gets as a sport. So is there an old school right now, coach, in track, or is it kind of the same as it's always been? Well, I would say probably. The biggest difference I see is the outside private coaching that a lot of the better kids get. And, uh, and so they'll go to their high school practices, and then uh, in the evenings they'll, they'll go, especially in the large urban areas. Like Houston's got two or three pretty big-name private coaching guys, that, uh, and they have a, a huge social media presence, which is something we never dealt with before. Right. right. And, uh, and so you know, they're getting this, this outside help and in uh, and, and a couple of cases, the outside coaches are very good, uh, you know. And so we have to kind of look at a kid that may be from a school with no coaching and no outside 
finances to be able to do this kind of thing versus a kid that's been uh, with a private coach since they're in ninth grade. You know, you got to kind of weigh weigh the, the 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 differences. You know, it's more like a raw material versus uh, uh, already a gemstone, right? Right. So the raw material's got the ability. You know, you just maybe haven't had the the means to to be able to get it out of them yet. So I know, like, we've had some success. Uh, you know, Lon's got one. We got one of the best decathletes in the in the conference that that came from Highland Baptist in New Iberia, which obviously is in a multi-event mecca. Right. Right. He had no outside coaching, and he's school record holder. Wow. You got to look. You know, you got to kind of find yeah, those you kids too. Right? You kind of rather find those guys. The guys that are already polished. They're hard to. Kind of hard to get but better. I mean, I guess if your mom or dad or uncle was a was a college track athlete, yeah. But mo- most people, a lot of guys, grew up playing little league baseball, so they feel like they can teach you how to throw or run. Like, how many people know how to teach to throw the discus or the shot put or the ball? I mean, it's more specialty in your sport. It seems like. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, you know, it it's not unusual, especially in Louisiana, that most of your uh, track coaches are football coaches, and it's not their specialty. It's not necessarily their love. They try really hard, but um, so you have a little bit. But you, like I said, you prefer that. You prefer to get a kid who comes in and doesn't have all the, you know, it's not does everything perfect. You'd rather have a bad habit so you can get him better, especially uh, if he's a stud. All right. The other thing that I'm, an, I'm anxious to find out is I've noticed, I've been around a long time, so I've noticed – Certain sports are changing. Like, there's some sports that I think at the high school level are getting to be in trouble in terms of the level of play is really dropped off, the level of talent. Uh, there might be a few special ones, but the 10th and 20th best and not what they used to be, you know, 10 years ago or 20 years ago. So, in track and in your sport of track and field, are y'all having to go further out or is the talent pool in the area in the state good enough? That depends. It's, it really ebb and flows, right? It, it, the years that we're, we're when Louisiana's good in high school, we're typically pretty good, so you don't have to reach out. But it, it, it'll be yearly. Like two years later, all of a sudden it's like there's just nobody. So that's when you start kind of getting that reach out. Like right now, we probably have more internationals than we would like to have necessarily. Um, but what when you first came in, we had a large group of, of females that mm-hmm. we were able to just stay locally and are very good. Yeah, I think I think the other thing – uh, is depth. I think that's where we're seeing it the most. Um, so right now in Louisiana, we have the two top, this is a great, great example, two of the top three triple jumpers in, in the men's side in the United States, right? We signed one of them. But then there's a like a four-foot drop-off right. to the next best kid. You know, so in the old, in the old days when, when you had more, uh, I would say, participation by certain team sports. So there was a time when if you were a basketball player, and the basketball coach was the track coach, everybody went out for basketball. You didn't really have a choice. You went out, for, I mean, you went out for track. So the depth back in the old Kelvin Price days and right. you know, those days when those guys were all basketball players, right? So you, you, you don't really have that anymore, honestly. It, it, you're going to get these select kids that, that just really love track and really want to do well. And if they have good coaching, it kind of it kind of comes out and it, it shows. But the the actual depth in Louisiana uh, is not nearly what it was in certain e- events, like the hurdles, for instance, which takes a lot of coaching. The hurdle depth is not good at all. On the women's side, there's like one recruitable girl in in the whole state of Louisiana. Even in Texas, the city of Houston has 12 million people, and uh, I would say there's eight 
eight female hurdlers that are recruitable for Division One, and you got 156 Division One schools. So you're asking about going farther out. I think we do, and we have, and we you know we really like Texas. Um, we have a few international kids. We've got a in in Barbados. We have four Barbadian kids on our team, and they're all pretty dang good. And you know we we've got one Jamaican, and you know we got I even got a French guy on the team from a junior college you know so I, I think that that junior colleges at our level probably are are a way to go because they're already somewhat seasoned and so we we have done a really good job recruiting junior college athletes all right so one more question and then we'll get to a break and then we'll talk about the new orleans saints and see what lon thinks we ought to do because I got he's got the plan. Some of these, plan. some of these opinions I keep hearing are just driving me absolutely bonkers. Well, so Lonz is the only one that counts. You're right. Yes. Well, I'm, as long as he agrees with me, I'll agree with that <laughs> statement. So um, nil does that impact y'all? Because I'm sure there's some programs that really take advantage of it, or or or, or does that is not, is that an issue? That's a hot issue that does not really concern y'all a whole lot. It hasn't affected us as of yet especially had an effect as, as far as recruiting because it's just not there's not a whole lot of interest in it yet but i mean U, ul is starting to set up some things and it's and moving forward as it kind of gets some traction i think it's going to be a big deal i think you're gonna you or you know 10 years ago when nike and adidas and all these started taking up all these schools you got the question it's like well who sponsors your school you know if it, if it was a nike kid you weren't getting them if we're adidas you're going to start getting some of those recruiting questions like, well, what do you have set up for me? You know, uh, how much money do you anticipate I can make if I come to your school? How much visibility I can get? And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. The, the number uh, of – the, our kids are more realistic of what they could probably make. It's just not a whole lot of money, you know. Okay, let's say this NIL stuff was happening when Mondo was a junior in high school. How would that have played out? Well, first of all, the LHSAA just ruled this week that high school kids can accept NIL deals. Yes. I mean, I, I, I'm – okay. Honestly, for him, though, it, it, uh, the money in track and field is in Europe. Right. So I don't think it would have – no, he would have made more than any other track athlete in the United States for sure. Yeah. I don't think you're talking millions, you know, although what he's making now is – Got to be Millions. well over that. <laughs> but you know, he comes he comes from Europe to here so he can not be recognized. And, you know, he walks around to Europe and he's he's attacked. Right. So but yeah, I mean if you had a guy with that kind of visibility and that kind of following, I mean I assume he would have been worth a little bit more. So have you wrapped your mind around this high school thing? Because I still I've I hear people telling me what it means, but like we're already Doing financial things to get this kid to come to my high school. I'm talking about high school to come to my high school. So is this going to ramp that up, or am I totally missing the boat here? I mean, I, I think in these high-profile kids, particularly in football and basketball, I, I think that there's definitely that danger. I mean, I think that I, I think that when you have guys like uh, you know the lawyer group in Lake Charles in uh, Baton Rouge, there's a, the lawyer group that's pooling that big yeah. chunk of money. You know what what stops them? What, what stops them from offering high school? kids i don't they're outside people right i mean so and now there's no rules they can do whatever they want and i and i and i think that's a i think that's the bigger issue kevin is i think the ncaa threw this out there and didn't really understand the ramifications of what was fixing to happen i mean i think they're 
I think they're they're reining it, trying to rein it in a little. But I mean, what people don't realize is that it's 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 affecting the bottom line of the universities because there's a finite amount of money, and so if some of my biggest donors are giving a million dollars to this pool to attract athletes, they're not giving that million dollars to the university anymore. People don't people don't realize that, and it's being felt all over the country right now. Is the money's some of the athletic departments are down on giving. Because the well, and can... we just went through a pandemic, right? And and, and some schools like the one we kind of know a little bit about around here are trying to renovate football stadiums and stuff like that. So I mean, yeah. it really is real. It's real. Like, it really is real. And and you know, at the high school level, at the high school level, I don't know that that it 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 can get to the point where it is at the, at the college level already. But when you got guys signing before they play a down of football for one point four million in NIL money. And you know what if he can't play? Like, what if he gets hurt? Like I, that's that's the point I think. Like they're giving these kids, fret going in as they're in their freshman year to some of these major universities some big time money, and it's it's a huge risk reward thing. You know, yeah, they were the number one drop back quarterback on the two forty seven list, but that and a cup, you know, fifty cents will get you a cup of coffee sometimes, yeah. right? You know. It's it, it it it's insanity. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll shift gears. We'll find out what Lon's plan is to uh, what the Saints should do in the draft because uh, I it's the draft uh, was three weeks from yesterday, and I don't know how I'm going to make it through the next three weeks, especially with the Astros playing until past midnight every night. So it's going to be a rough for this old fat guy. But we'll take a timeout. We'll come back and uh, shift gears to the Saints and other things on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's not uncommon here on Footnotes for Kevin Foote's voice and his blood pressure to rise rapidly during the show. The fat guys like you and me need to be watching mop-up time just like the stars do. Sometimes it rises a little too high. That is stupid, stupid. Not to worry, we have EMT standing by just in case Foot passes out. Back to more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. Want to remind you about the Hangout Music Festival. Oh, y'all concert days are over with, huh? Yeah. It's scheduled May the 20th through 22nd in Gulf Shores, Alabama. And if you would like to win VIP passes to the Hangout Music Festival, simply need to go to the website, join the Game Rewards Club. You might win Hangout um, uh, VIP passes to the Hangout Music Festival. Again, scheduled for May the 20th through 22nd in Gulf Shores, Alabama. That's how we go. Y'all are going to be there? No. Well, we know he was talking about the Hangout Bar. Yeah. He's going to be at the hangout bar. bar but not the music the festival. I got you. No. All right. Before we go to the phone lines, uh, I got to hear, first of all, 
Coach Batto or Lon, tell me what did you think about when the Saints made the trade to get an extra first round pick, and what do you think they're gonna do, and what do you think they should do? Well, let me start with this. I just and I, I got a couple of friends that I meet in the bar and talk about this all the time. Yeah, um, Saints haven't done a lot in uh, free agency, but they've done way more than Dallas. I don't see Dallas win more than two games. I, I <laughs> yeah. want to make sure I throw I that out there. My, my friend Dino and Mike, I'm going to make sure that okay. they know that they're going down pretty bad. This year. <laughs> I hope you're right. <laughs> uh, I thought I like the trade. I do because the two big glaring needs they got to get they got to uh, replace Armstead and you need a receiver, right? Um, and they obviously have two guys that they like in the first round. So my guess is you're going to get the big what's his name. Pinning. I figure they're going to go pinning uh, from Northern Iowa. Mm-hmm. 6'6", 330 tackle. You know, runs a 4'8", 940. And, and they said he's mean. And he's mean, yeah. But the, here's what worries me. I, I have this this theory. It's kind of like red flag goes up. If everyone starts saying the same thing, which almost – look, there's this crowd out here, a bunch of morons I think they're going to pick a quarterback. It's not going to happen, okay? But – Almost everyone who doesn't say quarterback, that court, that stupid quarterback crowd, um, they're everyone saying Chris Olave, wide receiver from Ohio State, and pinning yeah, the offensive team. tackle. And so everyone's saying that. So can it really happen if everyone's saying it? No, no, we're gonna end up with Kenny Pickett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just don't. I'll, I'll stop watching if we go that direction. Well, because like, Willis is gonna go first. <laughs> yeah, he might. If 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 the Saints pick a quarterback. Can one of y'all come host the show? Because yeah. I might, I'm, I'm going to be so mortified. Really, I won't be able to do anything. I mean, those are the two I like. When I was looking through it, I'm like, those are the two I like. You know, now, I, what about be good. what about Garrett Williams, the other Ohio State wide receiver? I don't know much about him. I always, I just figured he was going to get taken before, so I kind of focused in on who I thought we could get. But I, it's supposedly better, right? So I guess give me one or the other. I assume they're going to go Ohio State, so Thomas can kind of. Take, bring them along. It's kind of this. Tell me which one you want, Coach. You have two guys. They're, they're similar size. One of them is this polished route runner. His hands probably aren't as strong, probably not quite as explosive once he catches the ball, but he's going to get open more because he's this polished route runner with good hands. The other one is not as refined, not a great route runner, but he's just kind of like this. Um, reckless abandoned player. A lot more his strong hands. He's going to go up and catch it in traffic. Not as pretty and doesn't run the routes. Which that the, the second one is is um, is Wilson, and the first one is Alave. He's more polished. So, which receiver do you want? Well, I mean, obviously the one that's not going to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. Great answer. The one that's not going to get hurt. I like that. I don't know that either one of them have. See, the scary thing is Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama, is coming off an injury. And Drake London, the one that I kind of like from USC, he's also injured. In addition to his breaking his ankle in the season, he's got a hamstring injury right now, and he hasn't been working out like at pro day and stuff. Man, injuries. Just give me – I'm the track coach. Just give me the fast receiver. Yeah. Just give me somebody that can run past everybody. But I like your answer. The one that's not going to get hurt. I mean, I mean it, it's such a – I mean, look, it's such a crapshoot because you got, like, Tyreek Hill. He ain't big. His hands aren't big. Right. You know, he was coming out of college. He was the fast guy that, you know, can he catch the ball over the middle? Is he – you know, is he – you know, well, he, don't, he doesn't get hurt. 
And yes. He, and he's always open. And, and and I was watching his highlights, and he's open by like 20 yards all the time. He's <laughs> yes. wide open. Yes. I could throw some of the passes to him, you know? And so you 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 look at those kind of guys that aren't the six-foot-four guys, that, that aren't, you know, which is what everybody wants now, right? They want the tall, long guy that can do the 50-50 ball. Right. That can run by – but. Honestly, there's there's some guys in the NFL that don't fit that prototype that are that are really 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 high level, you know. So I, I I think that I think that for the Saints, it's offensive fit in the system because the system's gonna stay the same, right? And and which one would would best fit what they need, which is probably a downfield type guy. They need somebody to run that down. Oh no, they they they. But you're right. The first thing they need is a capable receiver that's healthy. All right, let's go to the game hotline and see what else we got going on. Hello, hello, hello. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Kevin. Uh, this is Chad Demangio with the uh, KDNF Sports Card and Memorabilia Show. Um, they'll be hosting in Lafayette. This weekend, just wanted to get on and let everybody know about what's going on. Okay, when, when and where is it going to be? So it's going to be tomorrow at the UL Lafayette Student Student Union Ballroom uh, from 9 to 4. Uh, it's a KDNA Sports Card and Memorabilia show going on. We're going to have 35-plus uh, vendors with uh, over 70 tables set up with all of the sports cards from every major sport and uh, sports memorabilia. All right, so we got some track coaches in here, and we were talking about Mondo a while ago. Does Mondo have a card? Is that part? Do you do track and field stuff too? I personally have never seen track and field cards, so I don't even know if they exist. But that's pretty interesting that you bring it up because um, track and field is a pretty big, uh, pretty big sport, and it would be interesting to have something like that out there, uh, especially a Mondo card out there. You know, it's it's big. Like uh, like Long was saying, it's huge in Europe, and he's a mega star in Europe. And and I just wonder if that's gonna, you know, because he's such a big star, and especially since he's local here, um, right. if that's something that could could materialize. Oh, I would, I would think it could. Um, I, I never really thought about the track. Uh, track is you know sports cars, but again, like I said. Um, it would certainly be interesting to see it come out. Uh, you you now have WWE, uh, UFC, um, and all of all of those have become extremely extremely popular very recently. So uh, I don't see why track and field wouldn't wouldn't be popular. Also, again, probably more so in Europe because it's it's much more of an attraction there right. um, than here. All right, I don't think the Saints are going to sign Tyron Matthew. I mean, I you know I wouldn't have any problem if they do, but is that if the Saints sign Tyron Matthew? Does that is that would that be exciting from you from a memorabilia standpoint? Of course, um, uh, for all Saints fans, uh, being that he's from New Orleans, uh, had a great career, although shortened for reasons at LSU. Um, for him to be able to come back home and play for uh, the Saints in his hometown would be a, I'm sure, would be a huge deal for memorabilia people and sports cards alike. Um, you know, I would certainly think it would increase the value of his his autos significantly. All right, well, let people know before we let you go again when when your show's going to be. The show's going to be tomorrow, 
uh, from 9 to 4 at the uh, UL Lafayette Student Union Ballroom. Um, if you are at all interested in sports cards and memorabilia, uh, we'd love to see you there. Uh, there will be dealers there who will be selling, buying, and trading. So if you have something, bring it with you. And uh, everyone's looking to make deals tomorrow. All righty, sir. Thank you for the call. Thank you, Kevin. All right. So, Tyron Matthew line or – see, I'm not picky. I, I, I just need a veteran safety. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. Uh, I, I would like him. You know, I, I think he's solid. But, you know, the Saints have pretty much stuck to a number. They have a number in their head. And if the, the people that they're trying to get are asking for a bigger number, they have shown us in the last couple of months they're just willing to pass. And But I'm kind of with you. I, I think he gets just a little bit more veteran play back there would be great. One thing I told Coach Arnold this morning was, for some reason, the Saints are one of those teams that are always over on the cap, always. And you have these other teams, I'm looking, and they're spending like $500 bajillion, and they're still $56 million under the cap. <laughs> I, I never can quite understand how all that works. Well, the Saints kick the can a lot on a lot of contracts. I call it creative accounting. I think there's something to it, but not nearly as much as everyone says. I I don't really worry about that as much personally. I'll tell you now, what, I mean, it make you feel better about the draft. I mean, the the numbers for the wide receivers are getting in free agency right now are through the roof. So you got to think the Saints said we're not even messing with that. We're just going to go get some in the draft for cheap. Oh, I agree. All right, so you, they they have actually three picks in the first two rounds. So. Let's say they do what you're kind of hoping and I'm kind of hoping, offensive tackle and a wide receiver and some, you know, or vice versa. Second round, what what do you what position do you want them to take? Uh, at that point, I'm just kind of just go get the best available, honestly. Uh, I'm not sure what every, all the other needs are, you know. Maybe you, get, you might need another running back, although I think third round's still a little bit early maybe. Um, you know, you can't have enough. Offensive line depth, and I know you still need some some work on defense, maybe a rusher or something like that. Well, I, we've been talking on. I I kind of think running back. A month ago, I might not have, but look, you've got forty one just going to get suspended. Yeah. You said you don't think they could they could get someone to kind of be a. To shadow. Have you ever had an athlete that you, you you know was a really good athlete, but you knew maybe might get in trouble? Like so, you have someone to make sure that he goes where he's supposed to go when he goes to Las Vegas. We can't do that, you know. What happens in Vegas is the Yeah, but it ain't, it ain't staying. You know how many shadows we need on our team? <laughs> you didn't. You haven't. All the years you coach, you never had to do that. One of the things the Saints are really good at, Kevin, going back to their draft, is they're really, really good. One of the best, uh, best organizations at third through seven. Yes. Like they have found some outstanding third and fourth players. round picks that have been great. Okay. Yes. So you know you're saying second round, but I guarantee you they'll find a running back third, fourth, you know, down the line they'll probably find a, a very, very good player. I mean, Las Vegas was a, what, third-round pick? He wasn't a first- or second-round pick. And so, no, absolutely. Chauncey Garner-Johnson wasn't a first- or second-round pick. And he's one of the most important players on defense. So, so are you positive 
I mean, you feel good about where they where they are? Yeah, I do. I really do. I mean, it's you know we're going. It's a two year experiment now with Jameis, right? I mean, we we've kind of guaranteed him two years, and if it goes really bad, then we'll be picking first or second or third in two years anyway, and go get our quarterback then. <laughs> we got Andy Dalton. Man. Andy Dalton. I, I'm not happy about that, <laughs> but he's a veteran. Again, yeah. it's just. Worse are they? Like they're they're not the same football team. So now they're not thirteen and three. They're seven and seven. You know that second team quarterback makes so much of a difference in the league. Well, I've always said that. That's one of the advantages of not having a great starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Because if he gets hurt, the drop off <laughs> isn't, isn't as much. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not. All right, we got to take a timeout. We'll take it and come back. Talk more to you on the other side on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Here on Footnotes, you may not always exactly hear what you want to hear, but you will hear what you need. And of course, I got all these. Oh, you're an you know, what kind of safe fan are you? Look, I'm not telling you what I want to happen. I'm telling you what's going to happen, what more than likely is going to happen. Back to more of the sports talk you need to listen to with footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Can you do Apple Plus? Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you if you would like to win a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville, where you could get the best of bald crawfish, bald shrimp, uh, grilled seafood, burgers, steaks, po' boys. And then one of my favorite words in the English language, buffet. You need to sign up at the uh, the Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, and you might win a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville. All right, you mentioned Jameis Winston. It amazes me how many people think the guy is just terrible. Um. He didn't play terrible last year, and he was not dealing with a whole lot around him. And I think the offense was just about to turn the corner when he blew out his knee. And it was yeah. Don't the big thing that worries me about him, and and I kind of agree with you, right? I mean, the guy threw for five thousand yards a couple, few years before that. You got to be somewhat good, and I love how he throws the deep ball, which we didn't have with Drew for the last ten years. Yeah, you know. Um, what worries me a little bit is the way he does run. Um, I've seen him get tackled a few times where he does have these long legs and how he got tackled, how they blew the knee out. That honestly worries me a lot, being tackled, blowing the knee out again. You know, that that's the, the risk, right? I mean, uh, yeah, he got started 5-2. and two. I'd love to see where it would have gone. Surely we'd have won one more game to get into the playoffs, right? Oh, I think at least one, more than one. But And it would be nice to have a kicker. But yeah, maybe. He'll probably 
You don't think kickers are important, Coach? Well, yeah, but you, you, there's never a good one. Well, no, Will Lutz is an honest fellow's first name, but before he got hurt, he was a good kicker. He was a good kicker. You're always on the kickers. You know I was a kicker. That's why you, that's why you do it. Right. No, but <laughs> look, for the longest time, didn't have a good kicker. Will Lutz became a good kicker. Now, his last year that he was healthy, he was a little shaky. But look, how how missed was he last year? Yeah, like, it was horrible. Yeah, it was, it was horrible kicker, without him. Right? But I think that Jameis is not going to run as much this next year because he got hurt. Yeah, but then you get hurt standing in the pocket, right? I mean, you can't go out there play it scared. And he got I mean, hurt he, scrambling, though. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah he did. He got horse collared. Yeah, by Devin White. Yeah, yeah. He maybe he'll have some receivers. To throw I thought it was his friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, no. Look, the bottom line is they went through the most injured season in the history of the Saints and one of the most statistically injured seasons in in the history of the NFL. And so I think that the Saints think that they're better than everyone outside thinks that they are. Yeah, although Vegas says they're going to win seven and a half. That always worries you because Vegas doesn't get a whole lot wrong, you know. Um, I hope they miss it by a ton, you know. But I'm with you. I think this team's better. I think the team itself knows that they're better. I mean – they could have easily won two or three, four more games last year. I mean, they blew one to the Giants early. That still kills me. Was was was, was ridiculous. All right, so the thing about them is they tend to evaluate players a little differently than a lot of other coaches. You know, a lot of people are very you know they like linemen. Uh, so an offensive lineman's in play. So what other position? Would I, I like to not get blindsided on draft day? Like when they picked Caesar Rees, we were kind of blindsided on draft day. So I'm trying to not get tied into just pinning Alave, pinning Alave, so I'm not blindsided. Right, so right. Who, who is that going to be? Like guess. Like what position could gonna, could this be? We're going to go tight end first first pick. That'll, that would blindside you. No, that would blindside <laughs> us. Now, you could argue there's a need. There's just not like a really highly rated tight end. But 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 let, but but speaking of Cesar Ruiz, coach, they brought back their offensive line coach, um, and he was he actually was at uh, the Cajuns at pro day on on Monday mm-hmm. working out uh, Max Mitchell. So Doug Marone. So is it even? Is it a pipe dream to think that Doug Marone could come in and quote unquote fix Cesar Ruiz, or is that, is that unrealistic? Do you think? I think I think he could. I mean, the fact that they haven't really they they kind of let Armstead go, and they keep talking about these two guys that were behind Armstead, and you know what? They obviously feel somewhat comfortable, not as comfortable as me, <laughs> yeah, you know, but they obviously feel somewhat comfortable with that. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me that they go and get two tackles or offensive linemen in the draft. Maybe not early, but I mean, it's the hardest position. The offensive line is the hardest position in 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 all of football in any level, you know. And so you you have this you know rookie or you know newer newer players. And the bottom line is sometimes it takes them two or three years to actually reach the potential, you know, to that everybody saw in them because they're they're blocking guys that run four five forties. You know, Max Mitchell ran five two. 
Yeah. Well, he's going to be asked to block some guy like Aaron Donald, who's unblockable, right? And so as a rookie, it's, it's, there's going to be a learning curve. You know, you got a guy coming off the edge that runs like a deer, and he's six foot five, 265 pounds. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a very difficult job you're asking an offensive lineman to do as a rookie uh, because the speed of the game is, is incredibly fast and faster than in college. The thing that always amazed me, an offensive lineman, like you're talking about Max Mitchell, let's say he, he plays, and, and I don't know how many, say he plays 60 snaps. Um, if he does a good job 57 times but gives up three <laughs> sacks, then he's a donkey. Yep. But the defensive end, he might play 60 snaps and get dominated 70% of the time, but if he gets two sacks out of 60, then he's a superstar and he's in the Pro Bowl. Yep. Isn't that unbelievable? It is. But that's kind of how it is because it's it's the uh, it's the effect it has on the game, right? So a sack on third and and seven when the scores you know you up by one, and you and you get a sack on third and seven on a winning drive, it just is impactful to the game. Whereas the offensive lineman that's blocked him fifty seven out of sixty times, that's what he's supposed to do. <laughs> That's what everybody says. Well, that's his job, you know. But it's true. I mean that that, that, that that that's, that's the way it is. So it's so. So did we just kind of talk ourselves into picking an offensive tackle in the first round? Oh, for sure. 100%. Yeah, I mean, I was probably like you. I was surprised when they were kind of going through the Sean Watson thing about how they thought about Cesar Ruiz was going to maybe be part of a trade and that a lot of people were very high on him. And I'm sitting there going, really? <laughs> like, you can have them. Take them. We'll go get us another one. I just wonder, though, how could he be that bad? Like, I'm hoping, and again, it's just glass half full thinking that Marone will come in and somehow connect with him and they'll figure it out. And the other thing that you're kind of hoping, even though it sounds like more of an excuse than reality, is his first two years were the two COVID years. And, you know, last year was a disaster show for the entire offense. Uh, you know, he had injuries all over the place and they were misplaced or displaced early and all that. So hopefully there's a, there's enough left for him. To, to kind of sound. Do you have any other concerns? My, no. My concern is I go into uh, preseason and, and all of this stuff is from day one from when camp starts, all I just want to hear is we're healthy. We're yeah. healthy. And, it's, and, you know, and every year is day one. It's like, and we lost so-and-so for the season. And I'm like, here we go. <laughs> Last year was unbelievable. unbelievable. Like every time so, there was a bit point, of news, it was something awful. At some point, you've got to get the luck swing back that way, right? I mean, it's like, let's go through a year with nobody getting hurt. Maybe they'll forget to, uh, maybe they'll forget to suspend Kamara even. <laughs> <laughs> and how about, speaking of suspensions, how about this cat, Marcus May? So they picked up Marcus May from Florida, um, went play for the Jets, okay? He got a DUI last February, which is, uh, February is uh, two, um, uh, Mighty Miles got his DUI in July. He went through an entire football season, and they didn't suspend him. So now the Saints have him; they're going to suspend. That's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Unbelievable! We, we're getting a guy, and all of a sudden, oh wait, he's coming off injury. Oh, and he's going to be suspended. I'm like, what are we thinking? It's, it's not even day one yet. We can't go through this. Oh, it just never ends. See, I like the way this guy. Is. He always it's just. I'm telling you, I watched the game with both of y'all. It's, like watching it's the, the same game. Yeah, and oh. I'm just watching. I'm being real analytical, and I'm just watching it. And you know, things. Man, and here it goes. Oh, here it goes again. That's it. <laughs> <sighs> what, what kind of call was that? 
They can't play defense. We can't stop anybody. What's wrong with and, and we literally have the number one defense in the league, and we can't stop nobody. Well, sometimes it feels that way. Yeah. All right. We'll take a timeout. We're trying to figure things out. But but we are thinking about the same. I, I, he's a smart man over there. Lawn battle. Maybe he needs to be a football coach. <laughs> All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back, finish out today's show next on The Game. 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 8, 1976, the New Orleans Saints selected California running back Chuck Muncie with the third overall pick in the first round of the NFL draft. Muncie would play five seasons with the Saints. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Just want to remind you tonight, Astros, hopefully they'll start at 838 on Apple Plus. Hopefully, I find it. Mariners win first uh, first game of the year. Do I? Did the Mariners win first game of the year? The Mariners who, 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 pl- they got postponed. The <laughs> probably Hannah's a Mariners fan. Probably it was raining. Then the sun doesn't come out there. You realize that, right? <laughs> she's gonna be. She's the first Mariner fan you ever knew. Yeah. Yeah. No, they got some good young players. So, but yeah, the Mariners start tonight. So, but you can hear the Astros on our sister station, News Talk 98.5. And remember, right here on 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, LSU plays defending champion Mississippi State starting at seven. Come on, Mississippi State, get with it. Seven's too late of a starting time. Got to start at six or 6.30. I prefer six, but they're starting <laughs> at seven tonight. And in, in the, in the Astros are playing at 8.38. So, how long do y'all track meets last? It, they're, they're not they're not over at like 9 o'clock, right? They're way before that. No, but the problem with track and field is it, we may start at 8 a.m. and then finish at 8 p.m. <laughs> so we're 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so where is the outdoor conference meet and what, what needs to happen for y'all to have success Out, there? Outdoor conference meet is actually home. We were supposed to have the home conference meet two years ago when COVID shut down. Uh, the season so we got pushed back to this year so uh, track's looking good and we're ready to go what needs to happen is we just need to, like everything we just need to stay healthy you know we, we have a, a legit shot on the women's side which which you know we haven't been overly great on the women's side but we have some really really good athletes on the women's side that, that have a chance but it just has to go it just has to grow away we just need to stay healthy honestly. other than saving travel bucks is there an advantage to having a meet at home it, it is it, everybody always talks about a little bit of a bump right and, and the home team seems to score a little bit more of course you practice there you're used to the conditions stuff like that but honestly i think just staying home in your own bed people underestimate getting on the bus and traveling eight or ten hours the night before the meet and you know dead legs and the whole deal can you imagine the softball teams fixing to travel to Illinois and Indiana and then Appalachian State? <laughs> I don't know how you I travel actually, that I actually heard it was, on a bus. There was some uh, there was snow in Appalachian State today, so that's just all, that sounds fun. I don't know. I was talking to one of my athletes who's having a little struggling a little bit with with academics, and part of it is because you know we're at the Texas Relays for three days, and you know we 
<clears throat> and I say, well, you could never play softball <laughs> or baseball. I said, they, they travel like for 10 days. <laughs> I don't know how they keep up with their schoolwork. You know, we, we travel for two. But I mean, baseball played Tuesday and Wednesday in Ruston, and then they just went to Jonesboro. Yeah. So they're out all week. Yeah, yeah. all week. I don't know. I mean, like, they're smarter than us, I guess. Yes. I well, they have to be smarter than me because I, I, w- I, would, I would struggle with focus, especially when the Astros play until after midnight. <laughs> On Apple TV. TV. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. I appreciated the time as always. And and, um, maybe we just need to communicate a little bit around draft time. Hopefully we'll survive draft night. All right. Appreciate uh, Lon and Tommy coming on as always. Y'all have a nice and safe weekend.